What's up? And thank you for tuning in. It's another week of the podcast that gives you the most honest viewpoints on the week's hottest sports topics. It's episode 86 of the Chasing Points podcast. We are your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. Sam, Brandon, what's up, man? How are you? You already know how I am. You know how I am. And now Eagles fly, man. You know how I am. I'm I'm ecstatic. It was a it was a big week in uh and and Brandon's house big week overall in the football season as there is only one game left. Yes, there Super is Bowl fifty seven in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll uh touch base on that. Recap the title games that happened. Uh, one you know really good game and no offense, bro. Uh, I took a little bit of a nap at at some point during the Eagle game. <laughs> I don't blame you. But, hey, I uh, got some. You no, know, uh, I didn't. Oh no! Well, yeah, you know, it got a little. Uh, it was a uh, let's just say uh, it was a blowout. Stop yeah, beating around blowout. the goddamn bush. It was, it was a, blowout. a blowout. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, some new head coaching news that that just broke today and uh, mm-hmm. tackled the NBA and and some more. So uh, yeah, episode eighty six underway. Hayes, how how you been, bro? How's your weekend? Anything else going on? Sam, I am great. The Eagles won and are going to the Super Bowl. Why are you asking me anything else? You know how I am doing. How are you doing, Sam? Well, I've had three teams in my life go to the title game, and they lost all three. So um, I don't know what this feels like. I can. Uh, I mean, when Drew Brees won a Super Bowl, I was really happy. But it's um, but it's not your team. It's just your favorite player. Yeah, just my favorite player. So, yeah, man. Uh, how are you feeling? The uh, Well, I mean, we'll get all this but i guess we'll just start uh we'll just start in philly the the eagles uh whooped i guess is the beatdown as you mentioned 31 to 7 over the 49ers yeah you know i would say it's a you know the the niners brought a knife to a gunfight in this one and unfortunately uh brock purdy their third string quarterback has a torn ucl that's in baseball terms that's that's tommy john surgery guys that's yep a big deal uh and uh towards ucl at, at some point in the first quarter and then josh johnson came in and got a concussion and brock purdy just came out and and did his best there and i i think between cmc and use they were the backup quarterbacks and yeah. i don't really think it got to that point but still the an ugly situation uh kind of a fairy tale kind of year for the 49ers uh, but can't really escape those injuries yet again. And your your Eagles defense just uh, swallowed them whole, man, as I, as I mentioned, uh, 31-7. Thoughts on a big day in Philadelphia for your Eagles? I first want to start with this narrative, again, that people are still running with that is driving me absolutely goddamn insane is that the Eagles didn't beat anybody. So we were told leading up to the week of the Giants, the Giants are on a hot streak. They just beat the Vikings. They The Eagles are going to have a hard matchup. Eagles blow the Giants out. The, the Giants were, were exactly who we thought they were the whole time. Then here we've heard, Sam, have we not heard this all year long? The 49ers are built to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Anytime I turn on goddamn ESPN, anytime I turn on Fox Sports, listen to any major network, it was the 49ers are built to beat the Eagles. Well, I've heard that. I've heard that. (laughs) Well, what happened, Brandon? They lost. What happened? They lost. And it's now the narrative that is I've seen from Niners Twitter and just Twitter as a whole is that the Eagles beat 
the third a third string quarterback. Well, if I remember leading into the game, the Niners had ripped off 13 straight. And Brock Purdy was now the next Tom Brady because he was the last pick in the draft and he was leading them to almost to the Super Bowl. And then Brock Purdy gets hurt. Now, obviously, I don't wish any any malice on anybody in that aspect. But Brock Purdy got hurt on a clean play. He tried to throw yeah, the cool. ball. Hassan Reddick hit him, fumbled it, which the refs first called it an incomplete pass. Thanks God for Lindell Joseph. He picked it up, and it was a fumble. Knocked him out. So they had to go to Josh Johnson, who was no way in shape form to be fair to him, prepared for this game because the game plan was not for him. Right, of course. But, but Sam, I don't know if you know, Jimmy G technically would have been available for that game, and they could have suited him up as the backup. But he wasn't active. I saw him in sweats, right? No, they didn't make it. That's what I'm saying. They made Josh Johnson active, and they didn't put Jimmy G active. Like, you don't have Jimmy G probably going forward, so why not make him active? Yeah, I know. It's like, you you don't care what happens to Jimmy G at this point. At that point, I would just be like, hey, just suit up, and if we need you, we need you, and go from there. But that's not what happened. Uh I, I listened to Darius Slay's podcast, and he said one of the man. Everyone has the podcast Eagles, now. Yeah, everybody does. Uh, <laughs> Darius Slay said one of the things that fueled him is what uh, uh, Kittle said earlier in the week. He basically said that the Eagles' defense is good on paper. Well, <laughs> it's good on paper, and it's also good on the field, buddy. They had uh, over seventy-five uh, sacks this year, so I'm just very, very ecstatic that they finally shut. Uh, this narrative of the Niners up, even though people are just keep talking. And Sam, I'm just going to take say it this way. I've learned, which is something that I've already knew. Everybody hates the Eagles. <laughs> they just hate the Eagles. I, I, they, I really feel like they hate the Eagles fans more than anything, but everybody just hates the Eagles, and I'm fine with it. That's <laughs> that's all. I, I didn't like Jalen Hurts' performance either, though. Um, I wish he would have done more. I wish he could have done more. Um, they had a total of 121 passing yards. Uh, the Niners defense did what they were supposed to do, and they moved him off his spot. And I said that last week, yeah. the way yeah. that the Niners could win this game is moving Jalen off his spot and touching him. They had one sack, uh, and that was because Jason, Jalen moved out of the pocket. It, was, it had nothing to do with his line. Yeah, they weren't in the um, game. Yeah, they weren't in the, I guess, the pocket. If correct, you know, correct. They, it shifted, so it wasn't technically a sack allowed by the uh, offensive lineman. But uh, Jalen didn't look that impressive, but still was able to use his legs. And it froze up the best middle linebacker or best linebacker, period, this year, which is Kurt Warner. Uh, Fred, Fred Warner, Warner, excuse me. Fred, Fred Warner. Warner. Um, who's absolutely a monster, but I've watched Fred Warner play several times this year and he does not hesitate to attack the ball, but that's what the RPO does when it's ran by this young man, Jalen Hurts. You, you a have lot. to freeze yeah. up. You have a lot to think about, yeah, which absolutely. I don't think people really realize how much thought has to go in and how much Jalen has to know to be able to pull or throw or run, or whatever the case may be, to get his reads. And he still has to do his first, second, third reads while he's doing all of this, which holds up that defensive side, the defensive front, more so the the, the second layer of the linebacks. It holds, holds them up. But by the time the linebackers react, watching several videos, they've already moved the line of scrimmage, meaning the offensive lineman, up to the right. second tier. And at that point in time, you're on your heels. So there's a lot that went into it. Uh, it sucks uh, 
for Niner fans, I I know what it feels like to be on that end. So I I know it sucks to to feel that way. And I'm talking to the Niners fans that are, you know, are humble about their loss, not the ones that are out here sounding like Cowboys fans. Um, <laughs> which is crazy because I never thought I would hear hear Niners fans with such a prestigious uh, fan base sound like Cowboys. Uh, but I, they have a lot of a lot of mysteries going forward, especially with. Uh, losing now their defensive coordinator, which we'll get to later. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it was a uh, it was unfortunate because I, I really wanted that to be a a blow for blow type game. And as you said, you damn near took a nap, or you did didn't <laughs> turn it off. And uh, if it wasn't my team, I probably would have done the same thing too. Yeah, I'm, I mean, a lot to dissect what you just said. I mean, to to the point of who the Eagles have beaten i mean you know this very well we've said this for two years now you play who's on your schedule right that's bill parcells mm-hmm. he said that like you could only play who's in front of you and i i believe what was the stat you sent me earlier today the eagles are like nine and one against teams over 500 this year or something like that uh, uh it, something it's crazy not, it's right something up. crazy like that so i mean you can do that obviously you want brock purdy to be healthy you want to feel good about beating the 49ers at full strength. Unfortunately, that's just a problem that has rid this team for what seems like years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have Elijah Mitchell and, and, you know, they're down to their fourth, fifth quarterback in this situation. So Brock Purdy's done what a seventh round pick would do in a very good spot. I mean, you, you called it at the, uh, you know, last week's podcast going to make, him on it's probably the most hostile situation it is the most hostile situation he's ever been in the pros if not in his career mm-hmm. and you know uh we don't really know how it would have ended up because he got hurt so early but you know that the everything was stacked against him and Hassad yeah. Reddick I'm not looking at stats here but you as far as just impact players on the defensive side of the ball you could easily say Hassan Reddick is the pickup of the year and should probably be, be in that conversation. He should be the defensive player of the year because he has more sacks than Bosa and then less snaps. So yeah, just uh, another great pickup and from Howie and, and what he did to, to certify that, uh, that, you know, that line, especially the, the meat of that line, right? Sue and, and Linville Joseph. And they had the, what's his name here? Jordan Davis, right? Go mm-hmm. down at some point and just, mm-hmm. you know, this, this team, they're all, you know, at one point, big superstars just doing what they have to do to, um, you know, to to just take down the quarterback and 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 win a game. And and yeah, if if you're the Eagles, you got to be a little or an Eagle fan. You have to be a little hesitant, as you mentioned, with Jalen's performance. And could you attribute it to him just not feeling great? Probably. I mean, that shoulder's probably still barking at him. But at the same time. He didn't need to do a lot. And it's enough. You know, we've been saying it but all that's, year about this. That's team. it right there is he didn't need, I, I'm not hesitant yeah. about it is because they have the best offensive line in the league probably. and they're yeah, able to run right, on yeah. anybody. Right. Yeah. The, the best run defense in the league. We played two of the best run defenses in the league. One was the Cowboys at one point in time. And then it was the Niners for the remainder of the season. And the Eagles ran all over both of them. The Eagles had four rushing touchdowns this game. Yeah. Jalen didn't need to do anything in the air. And no. the point, I'm surprised they took him out 
they took him out with like four minutes left and put Gardner Minshew in, and I was surprised it wasn't earlier. I can under certainly understand it, but um, you could. I mean, the air went out of the stadium when when Josh Johnson just you know got that concussion. It was, I mean, not the air in the stadium. Obviously, they were all Eagle fans, but <laughs> yeah, the, the air on the sideline. Yeah, I was about to say, air went more yeah. air went into the stadium. I'm using cliches here, and it didn't apply. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but man, uh, you know, dominant performance there by the Eagles defense and and rushing game as you, as you mentioned. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, a lot. Of, you know, you you mentioned what do the Forty ers do now? They they have to pay Bosa. There's a lot of money attributed to stars on this team. They paid Debo. They have the best left tackle in football. You know, quarterbacks a mystery here. You have a first round pick that you traded three first round picks for, who just can't stay on the field what are you going to do there is brock purdy going to be in the equation somehow jimmy g's gone you know the the tom brady rumors there we'll get to that too but a lot of questions um headed into san francisco and the offseason and you know uh with that i mean philadelphia is you know uh headed to headed to the big dance and this is second year coach and a second or third year i mean really quarterback well, second year fully that. starting, fully starting, and yep. uh, you know it's certainly uh, it's no tough, ta- uh, no easy matchup there, but should be a should be a heck of a game, and um, looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to anybody that's trying to help me get to this goddamn game. That's what I'm doing because Sam, I am not even going to lie to you. I've definitely thought about taking out a loan to absolutely <laughs> go to this game. Uh, it would be expensive. The lowest ticket I'm seeing is about five k. Uh, that's not oh, cheap that's at all. all. Yeah, all that's all. Yeah. Uh, looking for that. Uh, I, I do have some friends that live out in Arizona. Maybe I can stay at their place. I'll sleep on the street. I'll pitch a tent. I don't give a shit. I just want to be there so, so bad. Uh, I'm literally going to DM Kevin Hart and say that I will work for tickets. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. I need to find I'm going to exhaust in the next Two weeks, I'm going to exhaust every single thing I possibly can to try to get myself to that game. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. So anybody listening to this, if you have a plug, please slide into the Chasing Points podcast DM on Instagram and uh, let me know because I'm let's there. Get a, yeah, let's get hey, some uh, Super Bowl tickets here. It's the uh, You kind of feel like I've always felt, just taking it off the rails for a second, like I wouldn't want to go to a Super Bowl. You wouldn't? since. Or you I won't. don't know. Like, I kind of just feel like it's never like, I don't know. Our our buddy Dave, who's on this podcast all the time, he's been to multiple Super Bowls. I kind of mm. just feel like it's not really for the diehard fans. Like, it's you and not. I, but, it's for but, corporate, corporate yeah. America. That said, you you had a miraculous win against the greatest quarterback of all time. I kind of feel like you've enjoyed that, right? You, you mm-hmm. sat at, you know, wherever you were, you had a good time with family and friends and you saw it. So why not go and experience it live? So you're kind of in a good good spot there. In my house with three people watching it. In my yeah. house with three people watching it. So just know if I don't make it out to Arizona, there will be a very limited few in my household watching it because I do not need the added stress. Sam, you are on the short list. So do not. You're, you're there. You're there. Thank so you. don't worry about it. I got plus one. No, you just get yourself. Oh, just myself. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get Hayes to Arizona. What do we got to do? Unless it's, unless it's your Arizona? wife. Unless it's your wife. That's oh, she, 
She makes a great buffalo chicken dip. No, like I said, unless it's your wife, it's okay. Anybody else, they can go kick rocks. I don't I don't need anybody extra that I don't know. Uh, it's, fair. Just, it's fair. It's fair. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's get this trending somehow. Haze to Arizona or whatever. Uh, Please, let's do it. But let's... yeah, I mean, we'll we'll tackle the, the 49ers and, and look ahead at the Super Bowl in a second. But first, we got to... We got to talk about, uh, I guess, the next game here, right? The uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals. Yeah. In uh, what was formerly called Burrowhead for a hot second. And uh, the Chiefs took care of business. The refs helped them take care of business. And uh, the Chiefs took down the Bengals 23-20 to 20 on a Sunday night. And this was, it started out like, uh, this game's kind of like not doing it for me. And it quickly clicked quickly turned around especially in the uh the second half there but plagued with some uh some calls that are questionable at best and um you know the brilliance of Patrick Mahomes and I will be the first one to say it I said it last week 50% of Patrick Mahomes is better than most of the quarterbacks in this league and if he was at 50% he really didn't show too much of it I mean that Okay, he was he's on one ankle, but the ability that he showed the the you know he outsmarted the the other team. He used what uh you know athleticism he had and um just put on a hell of a performance, all time performance really. I mean, I, I think you could say even though it's a, a young career for him, this is probably up there with wow, you know, when you just say how how he performed and i i mentioned it to a couple friends i i think with the exception of brett Favre, he's that performance on sunday he played better on one ankle than any jets quarterback probably has ever played um probably and yeah i forgot about brett Favre when i made that statement but you know i stand by the rest of it so i mean just a a hell of performance there a little help from the refs joe burrow you know you know not for lack of uh trying there. He 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 did his best there, but um the, the Chiefs persevered and uh thoughts on uh you know this this game in uh Arrowhead on Sunday night. Well, I can't stand Nick Wright. So I'm gonna just put well, that out. I don't there. I don't know who can. And Nick Wright is is just the biggest troll on uh on network TV when it comes to sports. You spend too much time watching FS1. I think that's your problem. No, I just watched it yesterday because, oh, okay. or excuse me, Monday, because I wanted to see what he said because he openly said that the Eagles were going to be a number one seed that was going to be one and done. And then he's still slandering the Eagles. And I just love how these guys never apologize for the shit they say. Like they just say it and it's just like, oh, it doesn't happen. Well, I'm just going to move on to my next thing to slander. Him and Chris Sims can go eat something. Anyway, um, what he said was, which I'll give him props for because it was absolutely funny. He he had a ranking and the other day and his ranking was Patrick Mahomes, number one, Joe Burrow, number two, and then Patrick Mahomes on one leg, number three. He switched <laughs> it around to Patrick Mahomes, number one. Number two, Patrick Mahomes on one leg, and three, Joe Burrow. Uh, what Mahomes did in this game, threw for 326 yards, two touchdowns, one INT on one leg. Uh, and this is against a Bengals team that their defense has started to heat up. Uh, their, their front four was doing their damn thing. Uh, their secondary, any secondary that consists of Eli Apple will be terrible <laughs> to me. 
Um, Eli Apple is a god awful uh, player when it comes to that, and I say that with all due respect because he was he's definitely better than probably. 90% of the people that I know, but he's still terrible in the terms of NFL. So I'll put some respect on his name, but also, you know, 10% players that could be playing corner in the NFL. 10% uh, of the people, you know, some of the people that I play football with, I think would probably do better than Eli Apple. If I'm going to be completely honest. Yes. Don't trust him. Uh, but what I saw from Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow looked flustered. Yeah. Um, and throwing two INTs, he still threw for 270 yards and a touchdown, uh, but he did not look uh, like the Joe Burrow that I'm used to seeing. Uh, yes, he had a f- that pass to Jamar Chase. Oh, my God. Was wild. Uh, but that's that's just the chemistry those two have. I think I think just between since he's mayor and a few Bengals players, I think they wrote a check that they could not cash. Uh, And I think when you, you wake the bear, it's, it's something that you probably shouldn't do. And I don't think we're going to see that in the Super Bowl any trash talking like that because there's so much respect, so many storylines intertwined. But this is just bad blood because it was literally saying people were saying that uh, Joe Burrow was Mahomes father, as if Mahomes doesn't actually have a father. Um, that uh you know this is burrowhead as you alluded to before uh just blatant disrespect as if these guys haven't won a super bowl just because they've won three times in a row and i called it last week uh because i knew that they were going to win uh because i you're just not going to keep doing that against a talent like patrick mahomes uh he still has his number one receiver and it always was his number one receiver and that's travis kelsey and he was very, very much available. Um, but it, it, like you said, Sam, it started off slow, but it turned up. And I, I yeah. think going forward, no matter no matter if it's the Bengals, Chiefs, or Bills, whichever combination you want to put in there, that AFC championship for the next decade is probably going to be absolutely wild with oh, one of those three guys there. So uh we're in for a, a treat when it comes to that. That's for sure. Yeah, no, um, definitely. Uh, and, you know, Mahomes with no running game. I mean, both both sides really shut down the run. I mean, Joe Mixon is certainly a, you know, a top echelon rusher in this league. Mm-hmm. Shut that down. But I think we really, I really underestimated the fact that Joe Burrow does not have did not have a healthy offensive line right mm-hmm. i mean they as you mentioned they they got to him spag showed a lot of you know just from reading stuff after the game showed him a lot of stuff that he didn't see earlier in the year right like kept him yeah. kept him guessing um but yeah to you know i could be a pretty petty person at times but i've certainly have learned in my life to not as you mentioned uh, you know, write checks that I can't cash. Mm-hmm. So when it it started, I mean, Burrowhead, that's that's just that's funny, right? It's funny once, but when you're caught, you know, you're continuing this narrative. It's not like you're talking to someone or to a collective team in this effort and coaching staff that hasn't been there before, right? I mean, you're you're talking about talking to the greatest tight end quarterback and one of the best head coaches of this generation and just kind of discontinuing the disrespecting 
what they've accomplished because you have the trendy like hot team and i'm sure it it got a little bit bigger than a lot of people in cincinnati felt com- comfortable with not the mayor uh, i you know <laughs> i'd i'd like to think that that you know like i'd like to think that maybe joe burrow zach taylor some of the players on the team would acknowledge that it kind of got a little out of hand before the game but you know who knows there but you know i have no problem and this is going to be my question to you i have no problem with what happened after that game like a lot of people are giving travis kelsey slack for uh you know kind of you know saying what he said after the game or or even patrick Mahomes. and i have no problem with any of it because again uh you know you can walk the walk you got to talk the talk kind of thing and you do it in this league by winning games and they won a big game and they're going to the Super Bowl and Cincinnati's going home and Joe Burrow can enjoy his cruise that he's going on, but um, or his offensive line is going on, whatever. But it's uh, you know, it's just a situation where I'd rather be the one at the end smiling and then making the remarks than kind of getting uh too big for my britches, if you will. Well, as as Travis Kelsey said. Know your role and shut your mouth, Jabroni. Uh, you got to fight for your right to party. Uh, I absolutely loved every second of Mahomes saying, you know, I don't I don't have any cigars, but, you know, we'll get yeah. one. And it's over. And Kelsey's saying it's over for Burrowhead. It's Mahomes house and and. uh Clark saying it's over. Drone saying that it's over. Don't ever call it Burrowhead again. This is Arrowhead. This is our home. This is, I need people to stop being so goddamn soft. All right. Because this is sports. You talk shit. That's what you do. And sometimes you can back it up, as Sam just said. And sometimes you can't. And when you can't back it up, you got to sit it. there and take it on your chin. Yeah, you got to take it. Take it on the chin. Because guess what? You taught that talk. That was your confidence. That's fueled your game. That did whatever you want. People are so annoyed with Patrick Beverly, who we'll talk about very soon. So annoyed that he always chirps. That's his game. That's what fuels him. You don't know what goes if you've never played sports at a higher level or a competitive level or at all. You don't understand that we move at a different speed. The talk. I've never. I was never a talker until I did what I had to do. And if you talk to me the whole game, okay, I got you. I'm going to finish this. And then at the end, I'm like, what were you saying? Yeah. I I don't hear you now. What were you saying? Okay, that's right. Shut up. Right. So it's, 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 everybody has their own thing. It's, it's competitiveness. That's a part of competition. That's a competition within the competition. So I loved every second of the pettiness that happened after that game because it is exactly it was, well, it was what happened. It was, and it was yeah. deserved. It was deserved. It, and, you know, the Chiefs kept quiet and their stars kept quiet. And even, you know, it, a lot of the stuff usually comes from the mediocre, above average players like the Eli Apple. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. but you didn't see any of that on the Chiefs. And that and that comes from that comes from the top. Um, but, you know, Andy Reid runs a, a lets these guys be themselves. But yep. You know, they they roll with, you know, they have great leadership in on the sidelines in the clubhouse with that team. And, you know, I just kind of for a second week in a row, like 
bring up a Jay-Z lyric, but and you'll get this. It's like take from the takeover, right? The one of the greatest diss songs of all time. But it's like, please leave me alone. Don't throw rocks at the throne. And like that's kind of what I thought of all week. It got to a point where it was like it was funny, right? It, well, as I just mentioned, Burrowhead. It's fun. Okay, that's I see what you did there. It's fun and all this stuff. But it's like, dude, like bulletin board material. I mean, you've been in. They already I'm had not really an board material, but they didn't they, need they it. Just they added need to it. it. Yeah, but it's just like even more. You're who are you talking to? You're not talking yep. to like Josh Allen, who hasn't really won a playoff game. Although that that Chiefs game last year, the division game, he he played his heart out, and he Absolutely. yeah he. But you know you're not you're not talking to a a team that can't get it done in in January, so it's just uh yeah it was, it's something uh, you just gotta to know who you're talking to because you don't if you there's there's different levels to the top tier guys if you were to do this to to cross sports if you were to do this to Jordan or Kobe your night was over <laughs> your yeah. night is over. These are the type of players that you don't and that's, you don't talk yeah. to, and I think people take advantage of Patrick Mahomes because he's a nice individual and it sounds like Kermit and all that good stuff, right? I think they take advantage of him, but that boy is cold. Excuse me, that man is cold because he's twenty seven years old. He's cold, and, and he we've never seen the the stats that he has, where he is. He is at this point in time the most accomplished out of championships. I'm talking about records of what he's done in playoffs. He's the most accomplished quarterback that we've ever seen. And he's still young and still getting better. So yeah, don't poke the bear. Yeah. It, uh, com- it comes down to that. And I, you know, you mentioned it too. He's been, you mentioned it last week. He's been awfully quiet mm-hmm. this year and there's been no talk about him. And he's probably on his way to another MVP. You know, the postseason doesn't count in these voting here. So who knows, but. Um, he's he's got the upper hand as you know just because Jalen missed some games there but you know he's he's not assuming he's quiet and he just is consistently and he consistently put up numbers and now he's you know for the fifth year in a row he was in a title game and he's in what his third Super Bowl in four years or something like that so you know it's uh it's it's gonna be a really good game next week and uh you know I guess we'll just segue to that a lot of storylines uh on february 12th or leading up to it it, in arizona i mean you have certainly andy reed right uh you know brought the eagles to uh super bowl in 2004 where they uh they lost to the patriots but was with philly for what 14 years and then he's been with kc for 10 years and and finally got that monkey off his back if you will and and took home a championship and you know, I think you're not go uh, you know, you're not gonna hear a lot of that chirping this week because of the respect that both of these organizations have for Andy Reid. And even Travis Kelsey said it at the podium, you know, you know, the the Eagles he's not cheering for the Eagles anymore. I don't know if Jason or Travis said that either no, way. That was but, Jason. Was yeah. Jason. So, but you know, I have too much respect for the guys over there to be doing that. So, you know, it's it's you know, kind of there's adults in the room now. And they're, um, I don't think you're going to get too much of it, but a lot to look forward to as we kind of break down the the Super Bowl 12 days, uh, 12 days to go here. So I guess just early thoughts on uh, on Super Bowl 57. Uh, of course, we're going to have a whole other week to talk about this, so we won't spend too much time. But um, I'm looking forward to 
certainly a a, a good game. That was it. You're just looking forward to a good game, Sam. That, I, was, that was, was more that was of my so like, anticlimactic. No, I was. That was the the pause and the nod to be like, "Hey, what do you think, Brandon?" Without really saying it, but that maybe that didn't. Maybe I that didn't. Did not uh, go over well. Uh, I am looking forward to the Eagles winning. I'm looking forward to the Eagles capping off what this whole season is about to tell everybody to flip everybody the bird, pun intended. Um, I, I 100 percent want to see them them cap this all off but i i think more so for me is the storylines are what i'm waiting to see i want to i can't wait to see the media uh and and who has like the most fun who's the standout person that's something that i always look forward to uh once you know opening night happens uh which is uh, next monday or this monday technically um so i i'm just looking forward to that I'm I'm really happy to know that this is uh the first brothers uh playing against each other in a Super Bowl. Uh, and this is meaning actually playing because we had the hardboard brothers that coached against each other. Uh but you have the Kelsey brothers. So no matter what, Mama Kelsey wins. <laughs> right? No matter yeah, what. She, she's a winner no matter what. Um in this situation. So shout out to her. Uh I just love the dynamic that Jason and Travis have together. Uh, shout out to the new Heights podcast as well. It's a, it's a dope podcast. I've listened to it a couple of times. Um, but I, I think the part that is, I'm the happiest about Sam is that this is the first time that two black quarterbacks are starting a Super Bowl. Uh, and they're also the youngest to start a Super Bowl. Uh, and it makes me happy that my team is a part of it. Makes me happy to see that uh, our former coach is a part of the Super Bowl. Uh, our former defensive coordinator is a part of the Super Bowl. Uh, a, a lot of storylines here that cross that go to Philly. And it's just, I root for Andy Reid anytime he's not playing the Eagles. I'm obviously not rooting for him in the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm super, super excited about this. Like, I'm super excited to see what Sam's pick is because, you know, your boy tied up uh, this week with uh, my picks because Sam wanted to go with the Bengals and go with his boy Joe Burrow. You know, it opened up as a pick'em, and now it's uh, now last thing last line I saw was um, you know, two under for the the Eagles. I believe was the last mm-hmm. one I saw. So I mean, there's there's still time there, but yeah, I I'll tell you what, Chris Jones is not going to be able to do what he did to to the Bengals offensive line to to Philly that's for sure and um it's crazy because people think opposite but I agree with you and I, that's not even me being biased because they said that about every pass rusher that has wrecked every other team they said it about Micah they said it about Joey Bosa now they're saying it about Jones I don't see it I don't see it but we'll see we'll see we'll see that's it We'll see. That's all I got. I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, yeah. Overall, uh, overall job of. Oh, first of all, I was I was going to bring up something about Sirianni and Howie Roseman, but how do you let Gardner Johnson just fall into your lap if you're <laughs> the Saints? How do you like give? Uh, obviously, you've made some whack trades with with the Eagles, but how do you just give up on this dude? Gave He's, up on him, and you also gave up on your pick too. So, <laughs> yeah, that's you. what I mean. It's just like, what are you, 
what are you guys doing down there? And I mean, whatever they're doing, they can keep sending us whatever they want because we will gladly yeah. take it. So, I mean, regardless, this is still a win-win for us at this point. We leave this season going into next season with the tenth pick. So, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Saints keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. Keep the doing Eagles it. and Allie will will always answer the phone. I'll answer the phone if Howie's busy. Okay, you're gonna do that. I 100% would send you down the uh, down Submit 95 to Submit Submit All right, stop with the nonsense. Who the hell you have right now at this point? I'm I'm leaning. I'm really. I can make a case for either team right now. I I feel silly for just doubting Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. but I know the Eagles all around have a better team. And the lot's riding on this, too. I mean, we're both 9-3 and three in these playoffs. You went 2-0 and oh last week. I went 1-1, one and one, but we're we're tied up. I could ease. I want, I'm leaning Chiefs just for, you know, what are we going to do next week? Something's got to be on the line. We got to do something. But I've been riding with your Eagles all week, man. All year, rather. And uh, ah, there's been some games you didn't go over the Eagles, and I was highly upset. No, but I've been. Uh, but you've been, you've been vocally. I've been with you for the most part. For two yes. years now, yes. man. Yes. I've been here. I've been riding. I've been. On this ride with you, I'll give and you I, a little something there. I yeah. will say something. My, uh, I was with my sister earlier today, who's a a huge cowboy fan. I know, I know you know this, but I do. We, uh, we were talking about you, and you must be on cloud nine. She said, <laughs> and I said, yeah, I've been having to, you know, hear for it, hear about it all year. So, but she, she said, you know, I'd rather uh, the Eagles win a Super Bowl than the Giants. F the Giants, I believe she said. Wow. So, wow. yeah, it's it's. I think it's a different dynamic fans. for Cowboys fans that live in New York, like because you have yeah. to deal with Giants fans all the time. Because if you're a Cowboy fan, pretty much outside of New York, that would never be said. <laughs> that would it would always be the Eagles yeah. more than anything. Back in the day, it would have been the uh, when they were the Redskins, but now the Commanders. Um, so yeah, it's in New York. Cowboys fans hate. Giants fans way more than they hate the Eagles fans. Uh, but I think they all hate the Eagles, so I love it anyway. <laughs> we will see. It's going to be a good game, Brandon. It will. But, uh, turning our attention to big uh, coaching news happening on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. As uh, there's two new head coaches. Actually, from the last time we recorded, three Uh the Panthers and Frank Reich, your former uh, offensive coordinator. Yep. And the first, I, I didn't know this, the first quarterback in Carolina Panther history, history. Yep. Frank Reich, mm-hmm. uh, will be uh, be calling plays, taking, uh, you know, taking command of this team in Carolina. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, a great opportunity for, for both sides there. And uh, interesting to see what, what they do at the quarterback position. Uh, of course, I, I can't imagine Sam Darnold or, you know, PJ Walker is in their long term plans, but be interesting to see what Frank Reich can do there. But the big news happening today, I mean, uh, the Broncos and the Saints agree to a deal. I'm not sure what the compensation was, but uh, because, they're still working that out now. Yeah. Sean Payton is still under contract for the Saints, even though he, I guess, resigned took a year off. He's still under control from the Saints, so they own his rights, but it looks like Sean Payton will be the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. And, you know, 
kind of like not a, a huge secret and something we kind of alluded to last week. Uh, but I was interested. It was interesting to hear today that uh, the new head coach for the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryan, their former linebacker, was also uh, a very strong candidate in Denver, and they were hoping that he. It sounded like, yeah. from what I they read, wanted, they wanted they to wanted give him, him the spot. First. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that was cool to hear too. So two new head, three new head coaches in the the NFL here. I guess we'll uh, kind of just start with with uh Peyton and, and Denver you think uh what do you think of this hire here uh I think it's been just slandered the Saints I think this is uh <laughs> depending on I hope they for themselves I hope they do the right thing because this is a chance for them to redeem themselves because they should be getting a a good package back for Sean Payton uh I, I think Sean Payton is inheriting a a great team obviously they didn't do well this year uh, but I, I really feel that's because Nathaniel Hackett shouldn't have gotten a uh, a uh, head coaching job. And you remember I was saying this before he was even hired, and when his name was actually brought up, and I was like, "What was his 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 track record?" And I know what he's done with Aaron Rodgers, but it wasn't better than Bieniemy, and yet he still got the position. Uh, but here, Sean Payton comes, who who is a Super Bowl winning head coach has been rumored to have this. Uh, I'm sure uh, this was an easier discussion once they probably started talking about the uh, the compensation. But having Sean Payton over Russell Wilson, I think that is going to be a huge difference for next year. Uh, and what he has, he, he always had a great defense with the Saints down there. And there's already a great defense in the Broncos with the Broncos. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to be very, very interesting. I don't want to, I don't want to hype up that division ever again because we no, just never. did it this year and yeah, look how that turned out. Uh, but we'll see what Sean Payton does. He had a year just to to be away to to really analyze uh, the NFL, and I think that will be beneficial for him, uh, especially being in a booth and being able to watch everything instead of having to game plan each week for your, the one team and your team. Um, so I'm thoroughly intrigued to see what happens there and, and shout out to D'Amico Ryan's for going back to the, the Texans. Uh, hopefully they give him a chance, yeah. which I think they will because of his history there and what he's done with the Texans. Uh, he has a, had a phenomenal first half of his career there uh, with some other great defensive pieces around him. So I'm I'm really hoping they give him a fair shake and he's not one and done. Yeah, I mean, and the track record with with not just head coaches, but you know, African American head coaches, one and done the last two years. Yeah. You know, and now you're on your third straight uh, head coach and African American head coach uh, again. I hope there's more clout um, with D'Amico Ryan than than uh, mm-hmm. you know Lovey and and. Um, David, uh, what was his name? Uh, I don't even remember his name. The Kansas City uh, offensive coordinator who got the Texan job was fired first. Uh, regardless, but forgot his name. Yeah, uh, yeah. Regardless, there. Uh, you know, I saw JJ Watt get amped for. You know, certainly he was. He's a legend in Houston and and played with D'Amico Ryan and. Uh, you know, it should be should be great. And again, as hopefully moving forward, we'll. 
bring a new era to to football in Houston there. And they, you know, they have the second pick in the draft, a lot of holes to fill. You can't, you know, you can't get any worse at, at this point. Um, so I, I just hope he he gets a fair shake and, and Lovey still should have gotten a fair shake. You know, he brought a team to the Super Bowl and you know that's a we've we've touched on a story for another day, but you know, all all the best there. I will certainly be rooting for Demika Ryan and and certainly a a player that you know very well as uh, sure he was a linebacker on your team for for a number of years there sure too. Do. So love that uh, guy. Yeah, so it'll be great to see what what he does there, and uh, you know, and Frank Reich. I kind of touched on it there again. Nowhere to go but up. Will they draft a quarterback? What will they do under center? But this team performed really well with with Steve Wilkes. I was a little bummed, um, you know. Although we're both, you know, fans of Frank Reich, a little bummed that uh, Steve Wilkes didn't, you know, who knows what those conversations were like. But hopefully, he he gets another chance to be a head coach and in the NFL there and um, you know that this team even after trading Kristen McCaffrey and getting rid of Baker Mayfield not that he was doing anything but this team still performed really well and even though they were under 500 we're at a couple games out from winning a, a really bad division so hopefully they can kind of take that momentum into next year and uh you know everything we've learned about the owner in in Carolina Tepper he is He's got a lot of money and he wants to win and he's not very patient. So we'll see what, what that equates to in the off season, as far as the draft and kind of the philosophy going forward with this team. But uh, you know, they'll certainly have the resources to, uh, to get it done there. Well, shout, I, I really love just seeing former uh, it's, this is three guys that have had something to do uh, with the Eagles organization. So I love Love, love, love that this has happened. D'Amico Ryans, a.k.a. Mufasa, played as linebacker. Sean Payton actually grew up in Philly, if I remember correctly, and also coached under Andy Reid. And then you have Frank Reich that also coached in the, with the Eagles as well, too. Uh, so I just love seeing people that, that came from the Eagle tree as well at some point uh, go out and flourish. So shout-outs to all three of them for sure. Yeah, but- I, I hope they have phenomenal, phenomenal uh careers moving forward you know the uh the eagle tree if you will the andy reed tree it's really Mm -hmm. performed really well in this league and and some of these other quote-unquote coaching trees kind of get overhyped right the belichick tree if you will has not really flourished yeah yeah and then you know you got kyle shanahan mcveigh the little floors all that like that's that's great um you know they they certainly are offensive minds in this game but just the consistency of of what they were doing in philly and now in kansas city and these philosophies um you know just stretched out throughout the league it's 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 got to be a cool feeling if you're an eagles fan to kind of just see uh different situations there and you know your your defensive coordinator uh, as you alluded to jonathan gannon last week it's you know had some conversations with teams um about yeah, the he, head coaching job yeah. there but he said after that game, he said, yeah, I'm staying with the Eagles. They're going to have to keep me around. But you know who's not being kept around, Sam? Who's that? You know who makes me really happy that they're not keeping around because just, I just love to see their pain? Kellen Moore. Who? Kellen Moore. He's leaving the Cowboys. He got the boot. Uh, and he shortly after, 
Kellen Moore signs with the Chargers. Like uh, minutes after. Yeah. I feel it, like. it was it felt like it was like maybe an hour or two. Yeah. Like it honestly. Gets a job right away with the Chargers. Uh I don't know if that's going to help Herbert or not. I guess we'll see. Uh the rumor is that uh Mike McCarthy is going to take over offensive uh the the offensive play calls. Uh, they're still going to hire offensive coordinator because that's just kind of how it goes in the NFL. Uh, but do you think this is a good move by the Cowboys? I think it's a desperation move by the Cowboys. I think it's, I don't know if it's how much Jerry really feels confident in the head coach there. I mean, you even see like Dan Quinn saying, I'm not going anywhere. So, uh, but something needed to give, right? Dak had his worst year as a pro probably i don't I, i'm not looking at stats but aside from maybe his, his rookie year i mean did not play well turn, couldn't protect the football made a lot of turnovers a lot of poor decisions played 12 games of, and led the league in interceptions yeah for yeah tied for the league in interceptions 12 games that's not what you want out of no. your uh 40 million dollar quarterback but you know i i think this is more of like a scapegoating too i mean not that Kellen Moore really performed well. And here's a guy like life comes at you fast, right? Like this point last year, he was being interviewed for, for jobs across the league, right? I think Jacksonville comes to mind some other jobs maybe, but I, I know the, the Jacksonville job was, they were interested in him at some point. And not that we really felt like he kind of deserved that opportunity, but here you go a year from now kind of just out of that mix entirely and uh you know you you mentioned it too just Kellen Moore is not a Mike McCarthy hire is you know a Jason Garrett guy or a guy that was promoted very quickly by Jerry Jones yeah and we saw this actually with Jason Garrett when Wade Phillips was the head coach there too um so someone that that Jerry liked but it kind of, you know, brings a trend to what I've seen a lot of this year of, I guess you call it like scapegoating of these quote unquote, like proven head coaches and just throwing their quarter uh, coordinators to the wolves in a way. I mean, you got Brandon Staley, they fire uh, Joe Lombardi, their offensive coordinator and great, you know, the guy did not have a good year that offense it looked like justin herbert regressed mm -hmm. uh and despite the fact that austin eckler was played really well they didn't run the ball enough and brandon staley you can make a strong case after losing you know losing i think they had the third worst you know uh comeback in playoff history or something like that like you make the case of why is brandon staley still the coach of the chargers something that we've certainly been banging the table for. <laughs> so Lombardi's gone. You got Greg Roman in Baltimore. Did not, for another year in a row, did not have a healthy Lamar Jackson for a bulk of the season. He's out the door. You got Kellen Moore, as I mentioned. Byron Leftwich, too. A year, two years removed from winning a Super Bowl. Now, I know it's Bruce, Bruce Arians' offense, quote-unquote, but and Tom Brady's there, and he's going to do what Tom Brady wants to do, but to say that Byron Leftwich is not a part of the equation is just a fool's errand, and you're a year 
year out of having Bruce Arians and a year out for winning the Super Bowl. And now Byron Leftwich is just like, it's his problem. Jobless. Jobless. And, you know, got the pink slip after Todd Bowles showed you again that he is the same head coach that he was in New York. Now, don't get me wrong. I was on this podcast the year of the, the Bucks Super Bowl saying how great of a job Todd Bowles did with that defense. And he really did. And they have a lot of talent on that defense, but his schemes were unmatched. He did a great job and made Mahomes guess for 60 minutes in that Super Bowl. And they came out victorious there, but yeah. he's just not a head coach in this league. It's, you know, it, it that's what it, it just came out to. And now you have another coordinator just thrown to the wolves. And it's just, it's, it's a shame. It's uh you know, not I'm just that, really, uh, Sam, I, yeah, go ahead. I'm just really tired of this narrative that is clearly in front of our face, not even a narrative. It's, it's the obvious, which is right in front of our face that Kellen Moore, as we just mentioned, got fired and basically what felt like minutes later was hired right away, right away. But Kellen Moore has never won anything as, a player or offensive coordinator and Byron Leftwich, as you said, two years ago, uh, or was it? Yeah. Two years ago, they won a super bowl. Uh, and now he's without a job. I haven't even heard anybody talking to him. No rumors like that. Uh, I, I mean, I understand for a team, you, you may want who you want right away, but I, I just, I, I get it. I just don't like it. And I don't want to get it because it's, it's again, right in my face it's it's very very obvious the, of the chances that uh people that don't look like leftwich get and he has an actual winning resume i just don't like it I, d- I really really just don't like it i i agree with you i think there's a lot of preconceived notions that byron leftwich really isn't you know and i don't think this is fair either but really not responsible or too responsible for the success that the Bucks had. That's what they're saying about the enemy too. I was, that was my next point because you have Bruce Arians who is, you know, a renowned offensive mind in this game. And you have Tom Brady, who's just, you know, going to do what Tom Brady does. And, you know, left, which kind of gets the understated undermined. And you see the same thing with the enemy. And and Andy Reid has said it time and time again. Eric Bieniemy is responsible for this offense. Yep. Certainly, there are wrinkles in there that Andy Reid from his, his playbook that he will look at. But Eric is calling plays. He's the one working with Patrick. He's the one yelling. There. He's Patrick Mahomes is when he's getting into it. He's getting into it with his offensive coordinators, quarterback coach. He's you know. So again, just we don't even have to go that far, Sam. Nathaniel Hackett got a head coaching job for being the offensive coordinator for who? Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers, yep. Now, didn't weren't they saying that the offensive mind was LaFleur? Right? He's the offensive mind yeah. that was running that, right? But yeah. but Nathaniel Hackett is the reason that Aaron Rodgers was doing all this and he gets a head coaching job. See, the double standard right there is right in front of your face, and I'm sick and goddamn tired of it. Because that's plain as day. And we saw what Nathaniel Hackett did when he went and became a head coach, right? Nothing happened. But, okay, cool. Team fell apart. Team, like, literally imploded on itself. I mean, y'all saw and it. That's, <laughs> I don't and think that's, I need to go further. 
I don't even, you know, I don't want to spend even a second really more than I need to on the Jets hiring him. And if it really is, you know, hopefully he, I mean, he did, he got Blake Bortles to a title game. I think that's, that's saying something. I mean, that said, but you know, if, if you're hiring a dude just to lure in Aaron Rodgers, that's totally a Woody Johnson move. I mean, I've been following this team my whole life. This is a Woody Johnson move, but I digress. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that in the situation we are and all the media will even do is just bark about it and the NFL will just kind of continue to do what they want to do. And and to be fair, not to be fair, just to be real about it, all these executives, all these GMs, like these are pre, like these thoughts, these moves are made weeks ago. They know exactly who they're, who the hot, who's in the hot seat. They know who the hot coordinators are, who's at the top of their list, whether they're a former head coach or coordinator or whatever. These conversations have been happening internally in front offices mm-hmm. all season long. So it's not like out of nowhere, you know, these guys pop up. I, I heard Lewis Riddick on SportsCenter when he was, he was mentioning when he was interviewing for, front office jobs the last couple of years, they would basically ask him, all right, so who's like, who's on your short list to bring in as head coach if you were hired as, you know, you know, GM or whatever. And he would say this guy, that guy. And I think he led with Brian Flores a bunch of times. And they, and, he, and this is what he said, like ver- not verbatim, but he was basically like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know about Brian Flores. What about, Who's the hot guy? Who's the the guy that we need to know about? And and he's kind of saying like, yo, whoa, look, look what's right in front of you. The fact that like Jacksonville is even yep. like having discussions about Kellen Moore when they're also interested in Doug Peterson. And we've seen the the transition in in that team within a short year with Doug Peterson. So it's kind of like Sometimes the answer is right in front of you. I mean, it's always in front of you. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, this is how it is once you get into the corporate world. It's, uh, who knows who, and this is how you yeah, get in just, in certain ways like that. that. It's just, it's just like that. I mean, and I can't, I can't always knock it on, on, knock people on that because I'm definitely going to give my friends an opportunity if I'm in a, in an opportunity or, or a place to elevate my friends. But I also have worked with friends and brought friends onto jobs and it was the worst goddamn idea ever. So it's just like, I know how both work. So I'm going to vet people going from there, but we've done enough of this. Let's talk about something fun. What's fun. The pro bowl 2023 pro bowl is here. It starts on Thursday. I can't believe we're actually have a segment about the Pro Bowl. Yeah, because I'm this actually excited. excited about this. I'm yeah. pumped, dude. I'm excited. Yeah, play it, uh, set it up for the people. What's going on Thursday with the Pro so, Bowl? So on Thursday 1st, uh, there's uh, four or five events on Thursday. So you have, uh, I think the dodgeball is the last part. So we'll start at the bottom first. So uh, now, yeah, the first round of best catch. Uh, so two players from each conference will compete in the best catch competition, showing off their creative, uh, uh, talented, intuitive uh, catches uh, in the first round on Thursday. Uh, the player will showcase their best reception to highlight reels uh, shot in iconic uh, venues around Vegas. Uh, fans will vote online to determine 
uh, their favorite catch by the player. Uh, and the players with the highest votes will complete compete in the finals on Sunday. So, um, so it says this is going to actually be pre-recorded uh, airs on Thursday. So it's already pre-recorded. So I'm assuming it probably happens maybe Wednesday oh, yeah. or tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so you have that. Then you have the Precision uh, Pass, which is sponsored by EA uh, Madden NFL 23 Mobile. Each conference. Uh, each conference's two quarterbacks and one non-quarterback uh, will battle in battle it out in a one-minute accuracy competition as they attempt to hit the targets as po- as many targets as possible. Know if this sounds familiar to you guys, but this is done in the past. I absolutely love this. Uh, yeah. They only put the paint on one side of the ball, so you can see it hit the target. So super super happy that's happening. Then you also have the longest drive. Four players from each conference will compete in a challenge to drive a golf ball the furthest distance off the tee. That's pretty funny because Josh Allen is skipping out on this to actually go golfing for real. So that's hilarious. Yeah, right. um, each player will get three swings and the player that drives the furthest within boundaries on each side of the fairway uh, will win three points for his conference. That's also pre-recorded. You have the lightning round. Um, this is a new, apparently each conference will select 16 uh, players to compete in three elimination challenges uh, that will leave one player left at the end uh, to earn three points uh, for his conference. In the first event, lightning round, splash, catch, teammates pairing from each conference will toss water balloons back and forth, uh, which increases in distance, uh, so on and so forth for that. So that's pretty cool as well. Uh, Then I think it ends with this is an epic Pro Bowl dodgeball game, uh, multiple rounds of classic dodgeball. We've seen this before already, uh, so I'm glad that continues. Uh, Then rolling into Sunday, I'll get through this one a little bit quicker. This is really interesting. Uh, kick tic-tac-toe. This is going to get the kickers and punters and long snappers involved uh, in playing kick tic-tac-toe. I think that's pretty clear as to what's going to happen there. Yeah. Um, move the chains for teams. So it's two teams from each conference will compete on, uh, will compete side by side uh, in a weighted wall pull that will showcase their strength, speed, and, and uh, ingenuity. Uh, each team of five players is responsible for pulling a wall load up the heavy, uh, up with heavy weights, ten yards as quickly as possible using first down chains. The winner of the three, the best of three playoffs, will earn three points for the conference. You have a gridiron gauntlet. Can't speak. A side by side relay race showcasing speed, agility, uh, with six players from each conference. That should be fun as hell. I really wish they would just bring and put in. Uh, 40 yard dashes to see who really is the fastest because we talk about it all damn off season. And then we just don't put it in the pro bowl. They should put that in there. Um, and then it, it ends with uh, it says the finale is the best catch. Uh, so the ones that were voted earlier from Thursday uh, will proceed to Sunday to see who has the best catch at that point in time. So then here's the coolest part. Overall score. The Pro Bowl game uh, will end with a flag football competition. So awesome. I absolutely, absolutely love. And why can't I see what I even wrote here? Um, so it, it says the winning conference of each uh, skill competition earns uh, three points towards their team's overall score. Uh, with 24 points available across uh, the eight skill events. The winning conference from each 
of the first two flag football games on Sunday will earn six points for their team for a total of 12 points. Points from the skills competition and first two flag games will be added together and will be the score at the beginning of the third and final flag game, which will determine a winning conference for the Pro Bowl games. So I like how everything kind of leads into the end. So they're making it competitive all the way through to have that final thing. Uh, but I am super ecstatic to see the flag football game. So that's going to be fun, man. And the, and the Manning brothers are the head coaches, you know, obviously Peyton in the AFC and, and Eli in the NFC. So I mean, it's just going to be fun to, They'll probably be mic'd up and they'll be some, you know, uh, ribbing back and forth, but just a, a cool, cool spin on things. I mean, the, the Pro Bowl as it was, you know, was, was a non factor. Like people just didn't care. I mean, obviously the athletes didn't even want to be there and it's in Vegas this year. So that's a cool, cool vibe too. And I think it'll really, really help where the NFL tries to get this audience that doesn't aren't necessarily hardcore football fans. Like I was explaining it to my brother today, who's not really a huge sports fan. And he's like, yo, I, I would watch that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it'll be just a something different. Hopefully it, it is what we all anticipate it to be. And it, it should be a good couple hours of, uh, of entertainment on Thursday night and Sunday afternoon. Agreed. Yeah, so that's, yeah. NBA. NBA. If you've been living under a rock. Under a rock. haven't seen, if you don't stop repeating me, and you haven't seen what has been going on with LeBron James, the memes, the gifts, uh, it has absolutely been hysterical. But what it came from is not hysterical. Uh, If you did miss the game uh, this past week, uh, with actually earlier this week, right? Uh, Sunday, I think it was. uh, Might even been Monday. Um, when LeBron went up for a layup, which could have potentially won the Lakers the game against the Celtics, clearly got hit on the wrist, which altered his shot by Jason Tatum, and the refs absolutely missed it. When I say LeBron lost it, I've never seen anybody that animated on a basketball court in the NBA. I've seen it in pickup ball, but I've never seen somebody in the NBA and somebody of his stature do that as well. Uh, it even went to the point of Mr. Animated himself, Patrick Beverly, going and taking a camera, walking over to the ref All and time, showing the ref the actual foul that happened. Ref, of course, teed him up. He started to walk away and then again pointed to the screen on the camera of this is what you missed. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, uh, yesterday or now when you hear this two days ago, uh, LeBron and AD uh, and the Lakers were playing in the Nets. They sat out, apparently due to foot injuries. I'm going to tell you right now, Sam, don't believe that for a second. I believe that they're going to start sitting out more because of the non-calls that LeBron isn't getting. Um, So with that being said. But how is sitting out the next game like a – that doesn't make any sense. I feel like – I don't don't think it – I don't think it's just going to be one game is what I'm saying to you. I think it's going to be multiple games. And if you think about it from this perspective, how many times do Brooklyn Nets fans get to see the Lakers in a year? Once in Brooklyn once. Yeah. Once. So if that keeps happening in major venues that they only get to see teams once or, and these guys aren't playing and they're technically a, a healthy scratch, 
it's going to be a conversation, but I, I'm sure I really can't blame Braun for not wanting to play after not getting calls. I, I it's I know it's his job, and he normally fights through plenty of things. But I, the way the officiating has been in the NBA, then uh, I'd say pretty much across major sports, it's, it's definitely the the NBA and and football. I think are the most. Uh, that we see, and that would make sense because they're also the two popular sports in this country. Um, some of the officiating has been horrendous. Are, are you, I don't know if you, I know you haven't really watched too much basketball, but from what you have and the highlights that you've seen, do you think something can be done or do you even think there's an issue with uh, the refs essentially missing calls and messing up the game? I mean, there's always going to be a human error. I agree with you on that. You have refs, umpires, you know, basically managing the, these sports and, and officiating these sports. And you, you see it, you know, there's always the strike zone is implied. You know, there's there's rules about it, knee high, letter high on the on the jersey there. But it's it's human error too. the, you know, the, the call at first base, tie goes to the runner, stuff like that. And you see like Major League Baseball experiment with the, you know, the in the minors with the robot umps and, and different things like that. It'll be interesting to see, but you know, refs umps miss calls. I mean, we didn't even I alluded to it, but we didn't really even talk about the you know atrocious calls uh, calls call or non calls in Chiefs games. In the Chiefs games where it, it was just blatantly one sided there, but it could just be I I know I I know NFL is rigged was twit. Uh, trending on Twitter. No, I do not yeah. think the NFL is rigged, but I think there is a conversation to be had when your referees are part-time employees of a fourteen billion dollar industry. Yeah, and you know, I know there was there were strikes years ago, and and they're trying to unionize, and what? Why can't you know? It's it's kind of like you you have this product. It's like I'm all for companies making money right it's uh -huh. but it's like this is the integrity of the game like they they yeah. put so much behind like gambling and and you know you can't gamble on on football but it's kind of like we've all i mean we've seen how easily a situation like uh tim donaghy in the nba what <laughs> can be influenced these guys these refs are not making that much money especially in compare i mean yes they're 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 probably doing pretty well as compared to just the average american but when you put it in context with the amount of money the nba is making about of money that people on the sidelines and on the field are making you know it it probably wouldn't take much but at the same time like why can't these guys be full-time employees and be in you know be in training more and just be more involved week after week in the NFL. And it seems like the NFL just keeps relying on the same refs in big moments because they know that the talent pool is not very deep. And, you know, again, I've, I've referenced it with Tim Donaghy already, but it's the same kind of conversation in the NBA. I'm not as familiar I'm not sure if they're all full-time employees or anything like that, but of course, umps are going to miss calls. But, but you know, when you when you see something like that, 
uh, with Tatum, you know, Tatum and, and Braun on, on, I think it was Saturday night. You know, when you see that, it's kind of like, it doesn't make you feel good when the umps or with the refs after the game being like, yeah, we met, we missed that. Yeah. It doesn't help. And, we know you missed it, it. Yeah. They, everyone knows. And you know what Tatum basically said the last couple of minutes in overtime were a blur and he had a smile on his face. Obviously, well, at knows. the same LeBron's been a benefactor of these calls for the majority of his career as well. Obviously, yeah. he is the one of the most animated uh players on on the court when he you know fudges a call or or fakes a call. Um but I've never seen anyone really act like he did and it's just kind of a little uh eye raised that he's one of the best players of all time and he's so uh animated about that call being missed you know well i mean it's not surprising to me he's a passionate person he's a he's sure a, of course he makes him and fuels him as i talked about before but i mean it happens and and unfortunately i i'm sure with the complaints that he's had i'm i'm sure it'll push the needle and they'll he'll probably start getting calls again, more calls because they're going to be hyper-focused and be like, you know, we got to make up for this because this is bad when our... It's not a good look. Our star guy is, uh, you know, complaining about calls like this. So that's a big matchup. It's two of the most... It's two heritage historic teams in this league. You know, it's it's not a good look. It's not at all. It's not at all. Um, Funny, we talked about Dame Lillard uh, not too long ago on this pod. And then literally the day that the pod comes out on Wednesday yeah. last week, he goes and drops 60 points in a game. And it it's his fourth 60-point game. But the biggest part of this is the it was the most efficient 60-point game in NBA history. Dame had no idea. Uh, he brought up to him in, in the press conference. He was shocked. <laughs> it was just in Dame manner. He's easily the greatest Portland Trailblazer ever and oh, that's, yeah, is no easily becoming one of the greatest guards ever uh, with his range, with his ability to attack. Uh, he's just an all-around player, which is why he was one of the guys that I followed from college all the way to the NBA and still will. Uh, he's the reason why I wear zero in every 2K that I do purchase. Um, and that's if I play there. again, like that's my guy. So I, I will... <laughs> I would rock with that that zero no matter what, but just wanted to bring that up on here since he he did that. And with that being said, because I do care about that, let's go right into do you care? That's a great yeah. segue. Great job, man. Thanks. I have to say I don't I for some reason the rundown has left my screen, but I know what the first thing is. There's been there was a report in the athletic uh the other day. That basically said the chatter among front offices in the NFL is that Trey Lance will get traded to the Titans and they will, John Lynch and company will find a way to get Tom Brady to play for his hometown team in San Francisco. So that's the buzz going on. Tom Brady, of course, is a free agent, um, you know, at, at the year's end, which is in a couple of days, but. Do you care? Tom Brady is uh, may sign with the Niners. I do for several factors. Uh, it, it as a sports fan, 
everybody that plays sports is a sports fan and they're most likely a sp- uh, the biggest fan of the sport that they're playing hence the fact they're playing that so there's somebody that you've definitely looked up to or idolized or modeled your game off of done something from there and for tom he had joe montana all right and joe montana played for his favorite team in the area that he grew up on in which is for the 49ers and having an opportunity to play for your your team as a as that that i don't think many people will pass that up and he has an opportunity he had an opportunity before but went to um the uh the buccaneers and because it didn't pan out the way but i he could go to the niners right now and they would be one of the front runners for the super bowl next year oh no that's, doubt that's how easily this team's already set up with with a quarterback like tom and that defense it's it would be absolutely hard like just imagine if they had tom going against the eagles i i wouldn't have been as confident because it's just Tom Brady. So I do think he he should sign there. Um, what I don't think should happen is I don't think the Niners should trade Trey Lance. I don't think they should get rid of him, and I don't think they should get rid of Purdy. What I think they should do is because Trey, this, this was his first year of actually trying to start. If you're going to bring in Tom, I say that you keep both of them. Have both of them learn under Tom while he's there. And then once Tom is done, because he's probably going to be there one or two years, if Trey doesn't like it, then obviously you can move him. But if he's willing to stay at that point, I'd say keep him there and have him learn and then have those two duke it out after Tom is gone. But I I also don't think if Tom goes to the Niners, he's just going to be there for one year. I think it's max two years. I don't think he just wants to be a one and done type thing. Just I oh, don't yeah. I can't see that with him. Yeah, sure, but you you don't know what next year is going to be like, especially a deep postseason run or how his body is going to hold up. Obviously, yeah. he's in yeah. premier shape. But I I I disagree with you a little bit on what to do with Trey Lance if they're going to get someone like Tom Brady. Obviously, there's only one Tom Brady. I get it, but mm-hmm. you know they they can't really be sold on Trey Lance at this point, and they gave up a ton of equity to get Trey Lance. They don't have a first round pick or a second round pick because of the the CMC trade too. I think if you can find a team that is willing to, you get you know you recoup some assets to to get rid of Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. This team, this Niner team, has already gone for broke several times, and I think if you have an opportunity to kind of like refill the war chest, if, if you will, you you just kind of take that gamble and move on from Trey Lance and just kind of hope in the sense of this conversation that he's not going to be the guy or, or be healthy. And then you, yeah, Brock Purdy's an, a nice story and he certainly has, has done well with his time there and would benefit from a guy like Tom under center. But you know, I, I disagree with you a little bit. I think if you have an opportunity to move Trey Lance and you can get a guy like Tom Brady, you got to do it. That's fair. That's but so do, do I care? I, I mean, I think this Niner team has fallen short and been so close. And you're absolutely right to to get a guy like that, obviously. And if he's half of himself, he's he's gonna be enough to to really do some damage in the NFC. So yeah, I think it'd be a be a good story. And you know, 
closer to home and his, you know, his parents and all that. And who knows? Uh, it'd be a fool's errand to read Tom Brady's mind. Uh, but be interesting story. And it's also a fool's errand to read this next dude's mind because a lot of rumblings, and we've alluded to it earlier. Uh, the Jets' new offensive coordinator is former Bronco head coach and former Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. So the rumor was this time of year last year when Nathaniel Hackett was hired by Denver that, oh, well, Hackett knows and his friends are uh, Aaron Rodgers. So that must mean the Broncos have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers. And I've kind of already said for Woody Johnson to feel like, all right, we get Nathaniel Hackett. So like Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to come here. Kind of a little silly. But that being said, the the talk around the league right now is that Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded and the Packers want to move on. And you could certainly make understand that case. So, Hayes, do you care that Aaron Rodgers may be traded and the Packers are ready to move on? You're on mute, bro. I don't really care about the Aaron Rodgers saga anymore. Yeah. Uh, Well, you put it on the rundown. So, well, I mean, because it's other people people care about it. People may care. Uh, I don't. People definitely care. care. Uh, You should care, especially as a Jets fan, because that is one of the biggest teams that they're talking about him being traded to. So, you. You're saying you don't care, but you absolutely do care. And I know oh, you're, yeah. you're playing it oh, down yeah. because you're a Jets fan and you know things don't normally go your way. Uh, but I think uh, this is a big move of Aaron Rodgers and size to stay in the league. And the Packers say, yeah, that's cool. You want to stay, but we don't want you anymore. <laughs> After all of that, we've, we've gone through and want to move on from, because I mean, at some point they moved on from, Brett Favre, then at some point they're going to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So uh, if you trade him now, I mean, you, you at least get something from him, for him. And, and I think that's a big move for, for the Packers, right? Instead of him just walking and you getting nothing for him, right? Um, so I think that could be a win-win for the Packers and that obviously you're losing out on Aaron Rodgers and you don't know what Jordan Love is going to be. We saw some good flashes when he played against the Eagles earlier to, this year. Um but I, I mean, ultimately, I really don't care if he retires or goes to another team, uh, as long as it's not another team in my division, which I know it won't be because they won't trade within the NFC. Uh, so yeah, that's where I kind of stand with it. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm at the point, and there's been a lot of chatter within my infamous Jets text group, right? Like, I just, I'm at the point where this this team's that my Jets team is ahead of schedule. The defense looks really good. I mean, Sauce, DJ Reed in, in the back there. I mean, got to pay Q, got, but this defense looks really good. And hopefully Brees Hall looks, you know, comes back from that ACL and looks like he did this year. And you got Wilson and, and Elijah Moore. And you can, you know, do some work on the offensive line there. They're a quarterback away from making some, winning some games and potentially making a playoff run in the AFC. I'm not going to get over hyped here, but mm-hmm. I just want to win. I I think it's a very it's ironic that it's a very similar situation to when the Jets got Brett Favre where this team was was close and you saw it the following year when when Sanchez took over as a rookie and this team made the AFC Championship game twice in a row. It was it was that same core team and Brett Favre kind of just mailed it in and you know was hurt and then just kind of 
didn't really play out the season, but I I just want to win. I you know I'm not a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers. You know this. You're not one either. But I I I just want to win. He makes this team better. I think if you're the Packers too, there a lot of dead cap is tied with this guy now. You know he he made them sign. You know they signed that huge extension. Got to try to get out of it, and you also need to kind of see what Jordan loves up to because you have to offer him that fifth year. Mm-hmm. I think this off season. So um, there's there's a lot of talk there too. So it'll be interesting to see. But do I? I don't care about Rodgers, but I just want to win football games at this point. So it's the best best shot we got. But to close out the show. Yesterday, Monday, we're recording this on Tuesday, obviously. MLB The Show released their cover uh, player for the 2023 season. It is none other than former second baseman and now current center fielder for the Miami Marlins, Jazz Chisholm. Do you care? Well, first, put some respect on his full-ass name. (laughs) Jazz Rado, Prince, Hermes, Arrington, Arrington Chisholm Jr. That has got to be the longest goddamn name that I've ever heard in my whole entire life. Yes, that is his full name. What's his first name? Jazom? Jazrada. Jazrada? J-A-S-R-A-D. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yep. Okay. Uh, Very, very long-ass name. Uh, Young man from the uh, the Bahamas, 25. I don't know too much about him. I've seen some of him. He looks like he's a very, very flashy player. Uh, he's charismatic. I love his energy. Um, I I like seeing him on the cover. I I, I have to yes. actually watch the trailer. I didn't watch the trailer for the show yet, which I need to, which I know that means it's probably going to be lit. So, uh, yeah, I'll be on that trailer very, very soon. Like, I, I get why he's on the cover i mean he's a very as you mentioned a very charismatic player he's a very flashy player he's got a lot of tools tools he as far as a baseball prospect is concerned Mm -hmm. but here's a dude that hasn't played i know this because i'm in fantasy baseball mode and he's a you know a breakout he's in the breakout category as far as second baseman go he's going to play center field this year because of a trade with the twins this year but um the dude hasn't played more than 125 games in a season. He only played 60 last year. He made an all-star team. He didn't play because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. The dude's played 200 games in three seasons. Granted, one season was the COVID year, so it was only it was a short season, but still. The, he's, I, it's, I get it. I mean, they're not, the show isn't geared towards us. It's like 20 years younger than us, but it's still it's a it's an interesting point uh pick you know it's just it's interesting will i buy the game yes will i play the game yes but i i thought they'd go in a different direction uh maybe a julio rodriguez or um you know they just said shohei uh harper aaron judge uh so i i just thought they'd go in a different direction there but you know i i, I like I like Jazz Chisholm. I hope he could stay healthy because he certainly is going to hit a lot of home runs and steal a lot of bases, especially with these new rules in the MLB. Yeah, I mean, I I know Judge was was it not too long ago, but I mean, after a damn 
season like he just had, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was him uh, on there. Yeah, I would have said Otani, but he was literally that last year. But I mean, they could do Otani again because if you look at uh, FIFA, uh, Mbappe has been in for like the last three yeah, years. Right. So right. I mean, and people are still gonna buy it. It doesn't really matter. I don't, people aren't buying it for the cover. They're buying it for the game. Oh yeah, sure. No, of course. So it doesn't but really I mean, matter, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But and the MLB's got a you know certainly a uh, marketing issue, and you know hopefully if this this will just get a little more attention, like oh who's that you know, we'll we'll see. I, again, I highly doubt it, but we'll see. Yeah, the guy can. Uh, can actually get on the field. He's he's certainly can, could be a dynamic player. Mm-hmm. But that's it. That's this was a dynamic podcast. It was. Thank you for hanging out with us. Episode eighty six of the Chasing Points podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Chasing Points Podcast. Brandon, it was it was a great show. Let's uh let's talk next week. Yeah, Sam. Let's talk next week. For Brandon, my name is Sam. Thank you so much for listening. Until uh, next week, peace. I'm just going to let y'all know that I've kept a bunch of receipts. And I'm just going to wait until after Super Bowl. Don't let the Eagles win. Don't let them win. Because I'm going to be absolutely unbearable when we record this Tuesday night and for you to hear it on Wednesday. Unbearable. Bye.